We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I will be joined here on Road of His OT by my co-host, it is the one, the only, Sean Siegel. He is also the co-host of the Stealing Bananas podcast, and in my opinion, the best podcast out there in the fantasy football space at this current moment in time. Obviously, you're listening into Road of His OT, hopefully it's somewhere on that list as well, but Stealing Bananas is phenomenal. I would highly recommend checking it out with himself, along with the great Ben Gretsch. On today's show, we are going to answer some listener questions. We are going to talk through some rosters that have been submitted by the listeners. I want to give a shout out at the start. It's been a lot of fun going through those rosters throughout the offseason. That will be a little bit more tricky in season, but do feel free to send in those questions. We will return a little bit more to our structure from last year, where we had a little bit more of the recommendations coming in. We obviously like to give our recommendations for TV shows, and uh, Sean likes to give book recommendations and things like that. And we got some great suggestions in from the listeners as well. We got good interaction through emails for people enjoying some of the recommendations we sent out. So we will be looking for more of those. Do get them in early if you want to start sending them in now. We might not use them for week one, week two of the season, but we will get to them all eventually. As I mentioned, the rosters might be a little bit trickier to do, but send them our way and we will try and get as many different types of questions. I think more kind of strategy-based questions or how we make decision-based questions rather than player-specific because that might be a little bit trickier with injuries and things in season. But send any questions you have our way to me on Twitter at OverTimeIreland or to RotoVizRadio at gmail.com. We'll try and do our best to uh, fit them into the show. We have got a lot this offseason and we do appreciate everyone who has sent one in. I do want to take a moment at the start as well to thank everyone who has listened to any Road of His podcast this offseason. It's been a phenomenal uh, couple of months here for, for Road of His in general, for the podcast, for the website, for everything. It's been very positive. We thank you for that continued support. Throughout the month of August, we had our most downloads across a number of podcasts ever. Uh, we broke the record that we had previous for uh, the network in general. Obviously, August, September is a massive month for nfl content but we have been luckily uh with a really loyal audience throughout the uh, off season in general and have had a massive success 
uh, all throughout the year. It really never died off after last season. So we do appreciate you for sticking through it with us. I did a tweet uh, over the last couple of days as well, even for myself. Uh, I'm not sure if it was, but I pretty much think it had to be the most podcast that I've ever edited and produced over a single month. Uh, For the month of August, I did finish up at 49 podcasts. That's between this show stealing bananas and uh, the fits and fantasy podcast we did some of the best best ball podcast with zachary kruger as well so shout out to zach uh, got a big uh, move in his uh, work role um over the last couple of days uh, really great to see how he's progressing in the fantasy industry so um really phenomenal have to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and giving us the feedback on shows uh, giving us those questions and making it so much fun to bring you those shows each and every time we do i was about to say each and every week but we've been doing uh, multiple shows per week for quite some time now so uh, thank you once again for that continued support we've had a lot of listener questions and suggestions in over the last uh, couple of months and it's the the roster selections have really been the one that's uh, filled in obviously it's gonna be a lot trickier to answer those when we get to end season so we might have to pull back on the rate in the rosters and thinking of uh, what other types of questions we can get in but we're open to suggestions for this saturday show as to what topics you would like to hear what questions you might have for us as always you can send them our way at rotavizradio at gmail.com or you can send it to me on twitter at overtime ireland but uh, the first one that comes in today is from dave early and he has asked the question who is somebody uh, or someone from the first kind of 10 rounds that we like but we just don't have much of he says he remembers last year you did a post saying that you uh, didn't have much Deontay or Slitten, so uh, maybe grabbing them where he can at that particular point but obviously both of those guys a little bit uh, later than they would have been last year but is there somebody um, this particular season that you're not getting he says for example if we keep taking Higgins we're going to be missing out on some of the former road of his favorites like you know Lockett or Cooper um or Cup as well so is there anyone Sean that you're missing out of obviously there's our kind of tears and um if we are taking Higgins or I mentioned I'm taking a lot of James Connor on one of the shows this week that means that there's other players in that range that I can't get is there anyone that you're afraid of missing out on this year not exactly Right, not not like Deontay Johnson last year where I made a big push to get him at the end and that ended up being fairly important. It would have been more important if he hadn't had the drop issue. Right now, I'm still trying to get to where I have enough Higgins because I'm always drafting in the back half. It, it, it's kind of crazy. For the FFPC main event, I'm now going to have four consecutive main events drafted out of the number nine slot. So not even just like the back half, but the exact same pick four times in a row. Uh, so it's it's a little bit tricky to get Higgins without making a big reach, trying to still get D- more DJ Moore. With that nine slot, again, it's very hard to get Jerry Judy without the big reach. Claypool doesn't necessarily get back to you, trying to make sure I have enough Debo. Colin, I'm not that interested in these older number two wide receivers on their teams who have target share ceilings, right? Now, I don't know if that's the wrong play. And I'm not trying to push people off of those guys. If you like them and they fit your construction and you feel comfortable with the safety, you know, go ahead and take them. Uh, we have kind of have had this debate in terms of our some of our big Rotoviz drafts where uh, sort of the Rotoviz management team, me and Blair and Dave and Curtis, we did the draft, the four of us together. And uh, those guys were sort of controversial. You know, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup in the draft 
that Curtis and Dave did for the flagship show, which make sure you check that out. Uh, they immediately went back and, and took Tyler Lockett when Blair and I were like, <laughs> no, we, we don't want any exposure. To them. Uh, it's not that that won't work, right? But there are a lot of guys in rounds three, four, five, six who could emerge as the number one. They're not going to all do it. Their offenses aren't going to all be good. You know, their quarterbacks may not all be efficient enough for them to take the big step. But in those ranges, I'm still looking to draft players who I think have a, a good shot to be, you know, the 204, the 205, to be in that Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson tier next season. I don't think there's any way that Lockett or Cup kind of make that move. And so I don't want exposure because I need to have the, those other guys. I need to have a lot of them because, again, I know I'm going to miss some. And so we kind of go back to this idea of you know, trying to get six of the top 15 wide receivers. I mean, you can't do that if in round three, round four, you draft a guy who, you know, that's more or less the ceiling. I mean, they're not going to move into that. Now, I mean, Lockett or Cup, there are some scenarios in which they can score in that range. But I'm trying to get guys who I think can be top five. And so I'm not necessarily trying to create exposure there. I think much later, it's a sort of a different story. So Colin, one of the really sort of continuing or growing stories throughout the preseason has been uh, Antonio Brown there in Tampa Bay, supposedly looks better than he did last season. And this offense now, we're in a situation where they could you know, score a billion points in I mean, I've been saying, and I think that Antonio Brown is overpriced in any reasonable scenario, and yet he's still underpriced if we think the Buccaneers are going to just blow everybody out and do that kind of you know Tom Brady 2007 type of season. And so he's maybe the person I'm a little bit more concerned about than those guys in rounds three and four. Uh, I think the upside for him is probably similar to those guys. And even though... I have a hard time buying him at, at his current price. It's still much different than, than where you have to draft those guys. So for me, that's kind of the question. At running back, it, there is a guy I'm now not exactly pivoting to or trying to create a lot of exposure to, but I think has become more relevant. We talked about this on the show earlier in the week, but the chaos and really the disaster of the very sad things that have developed in the last couple of weeks at running back it's disappointing for us fantasy owners, but it's devastating for the lives of these real people with those guys getting hurt. Running back is so limited now that I think you have to look at someone like Anaji Harris, who has that three down profile, who could be a league winner, even if he's not very good. All they have to do is throw the ball to him a lot, which it looks like is going to happen. So you have a guy that size, that athleticism, maybe he runs below his pure talent or his not talent or pure athleticism, but it's not going to matter. Right. And so, He's a guy, I think now, even at that price, when we're talking about running backs in round two, you have to be very sure because you have to pass on a Justin Jefferson. You have to pass on an A.J. Brown. But that's maybe kind of more where I'm looking as opposed to wide receivers where there are discount options that are just so clear later on in drafts. Yeah, I would feel a number of the players you mentioned would be the same for myself. But um, one of the players that I'm two of the players kind of and it's kind of injury based that we had been kind of avoiding them a little bit over the last kind of eight weeks or so and Barkley and Taylor and you know I mentioned very early in the offseason that I thought Taylor was the like you know should be going and it seemed at the time like it was 
quite a reach but you know should be going as a top five running back and then obviously the opportunity was there in, in multiple cases and with what has been going on with the Colts uh haven't been really doing that as much and then Barkley as well as somebody who haven't um so we're talking about if you're talking about getting that um you know anchor running back I think they're two guys that I probably should have uh, continued based on how things are looking at now uh, might have missed out on them a little bit but I would agree with you on the wide receivers the older guys that we don't think are really going to take that massive jump to be extreme values uh, you know in terms of second and first round picks and uh, next year's redraft formats I think um I would be very much in the same uh, space there so not not really afraid of missing out but if they go and have massive seasons I will have missed out on on those guys through the first kind of five rounds or so um because they haven't been targets the other player that I would say own quite a bit of them um and dynasty based on last year but DJ Chark is somebody who's going in those kind of top 10 rounds and um I, I haven't been drafting him as much, obviously, because of the amount of Levesque Chenault I've been drafting. So he's probably somebody in there who I think could still have a, a reasonably good season that I, I haven't been drafting as much. So good question there um, coming in. Thanks once again to Dave for that one. Um, probably has put a little bit of fear into us now that we need to start drafting those guys over the next couple of weeks. Uh, next question comes in from uh, Release the Kraken. Uh, and I mentioned um, in terms of the anchor uh, running back kind of strategy you know trying to get that elite running back he says uh, a big fan of the rvot podcast as well as the road of his site and tools had a question about zero slash anchor rb strategy seems to be most effective and full ppr and when starting at least three wide receivers he's in a 14 team half ppr home league and they start two running backs two wide receivers and a flex uh, also with scoring slightly towards running backs based on uh, rushing yards um, and then he also says what a, would would that make the strategy any less viable um, and then he mentions about it possibly going to a, a value a value-based drafting strategy instead so we've talked about this on a few different times in terms of um, you know zero RB and those half point or standard leagues obviously it's most effective in PPR and um, what's your thoughts in a, a league like this especially when it does have some um options to lean those point scoring a little bit more to the running back position right and so this one is even a little bit worse than the half ppr still uh, contains some elements that make it better than standard and you know as he mentions the you know two two and one is is also a worse format so yeah i think it's going to be a lot less viable at the same time i think that as we think about it we want to make sure we're thinking yes a little bit more vbd maybe but also how can we make sure we structure the team such that the chaos of the season benefits us? And that means getting the star receivers as well. So I think this is a, a format where maybe you go running back, running back, running back to start and then go extremely heavy at wide receiver. So some people like to do this even in PPR formats. Uh, there are some very specific draft slots from where I think that won't kill you. We've talked about why it's, it's definitely not optimal in PPR. In half PPR, this format, I think you can do it. It's going to push down wide receivers, but then you want to make sure you get a lot of those top wide receivers. And in a league like this, I would expect to be very running back heavy, right, to where you're going to still have a chance to get some of the top receivers in the later rounds. But I would be focusing then again on these guys who can make a big jump. So instead of being sort of conservative then at receiver, I'd be looking for the home runs and a lot of them because 
you're just you're simply not going to be right every time. You need to have more than just the two or three sort of arrows in your quiver there. And then to be looking at these zero running back candidates as guys who can make that jump up and later in the season be big weapons in this format. So uh, in the first show this week, we talked about some of the guys on the zero RB list. Someone like a Zach Moss could end up being big in this. Someone like a James Conner could end up being big in this. You know, someone like a Sony Michelle could end up being big in this. So as opposed to kind of getting sort of compromised players in rounds four through eight, which VBD is going to push you into to an extent, make sure you're continuing to get kind of our targets in those rounds, but you can just start with your favorite running backs first. So one of the things that I always like to say is that when you get a format like this, uh, if you don't have the running backs that you would like because you're concerned about that in your other formats, you know, load up here. This is the fun time to do it. Uh, make sure you get running backs in this format as opposed to the ones where it doesn't work as well. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
So, Sean, a few rosters to review at this point. And um, as I mentioned at the start, this has been very popular. It probably will wind down a little bit now as the season gets up and running. It can be tricky with injuries and so on to uh, get, you know, sometimes these questions will come in a week before we get a chance to answer them. And then that can make it a bit tricky in case things happen in between. But uh, this one coming in, Sean, from London. So this side of the Atlantic uh, says he's a big fan of RVOT and loves the site. He's part of a tree-headed management team. Uh, and after a few years of only doing redraft, they've dipped their toe into the Dynasty waters this year. They used their RV subscription and the Dynasty rankings on the site to draft an FFPC $77.01 quarterback Dynasty League. They said they are already zero RV fans, but the 11 spot, they knew it was the the way to go um in terms of uh they they feel that it went remarkably well but they're looking to hear our thoughts so i'll run through some of the overview sean um obviously we've talked a number of times about some of your recent drafts and trying to make moves uh, they in the first and second rounds did try and make moves and um, they were trying to move to get justin jefferson uh tried to trade up uh, and unfortunately for them the trade-up didn't work but incredibly fortunate for them then it worked out that he fell to them at spot 11 uh, and then the 202 they took dk metcalf despite contemplating cd lamb rounds three and four after they got metcalf they watched the rest of the league pick up just one wide receiver and Devontae adams uh, in round two so they traded up to the trio one uh, and got cd lamb ahead of him in a mini wide receiver run and then at the 402 they took hawkinson to give them a shot at that ascending tight end obviously a tight end premium format at the ffpc then in the fifth round they were watching the players come off the board through the fourth and they couldn't believe that terry mclaurin was still there so once he fell into the fifth they managed to trade up um from the end of the fifth to the 502 and get him as the wide receiver four traded back out around six and round eight to replenish some picks from the earlier trade-ups so going through the rest of the draft they got waddle in round seven chase edmonds and round seven round nine they got joe burrow tony pollard rondell moore round 10 zach moss round 11 cole Komet, round 12 kenneth gainwell and then in the following rounds gus edwards got the two edwards they got brian edwards as well then ramondre stevenson uh, they've since traded him away to get their roster down to the required size of 20 Deami brown geo bernard and then in terms of uh, kickers and defenses justin myers and the green bay defense so i think sean uh, and this one comes in from joe ware he does finish it off with go pack go which I, I did appreciate as well but sean um looking through this roster and looking through how the draft obviously came to them in certain ways but they were able to move around in other ways i think they've done a phenomenal job here to to build this roster overall yeah i mean this is great right so this is not a super flex and so the idea of getting justin jefferson at the 11 that, that's absolutely fantastic so you get the jeff jefferson and dk metcalf stack you get cd lamb you get terry mclaurin you get one of our recommended tight ends we'll see what happens with hawkinson hopefully you know he's not too banged up to start the season here that's basically a core that you should be in the league in the top four slots you know going forward for a decade and on top of that you get some really fun guys like waddle like uh, commit like rondell moore who's been kind of the star of the bold predictions this week you get the quarterback in joe burrow and you end up with a sort of a zero running back build but guys who are going to score right away from me. I mean, we've been hammering James Conner, but that doesn't mean that Chase Edmonds couldn't have a very good season. Tony Pollard, uh, easy to see how he could have a good season. And the Gus Edwards thing has already moved in the direction where he now looks like he can be sort of a foundation back for you, at least for this year, as you build to the future. You know, Gio Bernard, one of these guys, is going to catch a ton of passes. 
and uh, allow you to score plenty of points at that running back position while you hammer people with the wide receivers. This is both a really fun team and a team that is set for the permanent championship window, right? I mean, this team should win right away and it's going to win for a long time. Yeah, and it's interesting just in the league in general for the listeners. I have the draft board pulled up in front of me. Just the five wide receivers go going through the first two rounds. So um, lots of uh, running backs picked up there through those first two rounds. So it gives you that opportunity as well in this particular league that they were drafting in to build yourself that super strong wide receiver core. So really nice team um, from Joe and his two co-owners on that one. Best of luck in the upcoming season. Next one comes in from Matthew Durham. He says the players are uh, almost all the guys I know that myself and Sean will like. So he's hoping uh, for our unabashed praise, Sean. So <laughs> we'll see where we go here. Uh, he said the backstory, uh, a year after he won this dynasty league with a different team, the owner of the worst team in the league left the league and we had to find someone new to take over the roster. Instead, I give the new guy the championship winning team uh, and he took over the lousy one for a fun rebuilding project last offseason. Uh, when this happened, the roster was as followed. It was Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Benny Snell, AJ Brown, T.Y. Hilton, McCole Hardman, Antonio Brown, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Larry Fitzgerald, Terrell Williams, Austin Hooper, and Greg Olson. Um, so there was quite of a, a number of old players. He, he mentions that it was a, an ancient, decrepit mess that he named Rome 111 uh, after the year in which the decay and empire finally imploded. Um, so the previous owner finished fourth from last, so he had the 104 pick, um, um, but they had acquired no rebuild capital at all. So in just two off-seasons, here's the roster that he has turned it around and built it around A.J. Brown. So he has Justin Herbert, Trey Lance, Austin Eckler, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Gainwell, Keyshawn Vaughn, Travis Etienne. Unfortunately, this one did come in before the, the ETN news. Um, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, LaVisca Chenault, Rashid Bateman, Terrence Marshall, Logan Thomas, Erb Smith, and Pat Fairmouth. Um, so he says in terms of the, the overall roster, he says, please do not mistake my <laughs> regular bragging for humble bragging. However, 95% of the credit belongs to you guys since I've been following you and using the site extensively since last year so go ahead and slap an a plus on this assignment and i'll get back and and i'll get back in the books but that one comes in from matthew durham and i have to say sean in terms of the two-year turnaround on that team and unfortunately obviously etn injury but that uh, has has turned into quite quite the team um i say that unfortunate piece of news uh, even with that, it's fantastic, right? So we will slap an A-plus on that. We do appreciate reference to the help that we may have provided. We have a lot of guys on there. And uh, this is a, a fun one, <laughs> the regular bragging for humble bragging. Uh, it, it, don't hesitate to be creative in your emails, your tweets, your DMs, all of these. We love them, and we appreciate you guys chiming in with those. Yeah, that's a fantastic team. Uh, Colin, what do we have next? We have one to... Uh, help rebuild here you mentioned the etn injury it sounds like this is going to play a role in our next question yeah so the next one's coming in from chris quigley um again thanks for the kind words on the show itself wants to get uh, our thoughts on a rotoviz triflex team and obviously they've been amazingly popular this offseason he says he drafted it earlier in the summer the startup happened in may and um, he thought the rotoviz ot podcast tried the draft so he thought he would share the results um he said 
I know you guys are limited <laughs> on time this part of the year, so I'll include the roster here and ask uh, my main question, how to handle a team after uh, ETN's injury. Um, so he is right, Sean, it is incredibly busy this time <laughs> this time of year, but we love getting these these questions in. He also references at the end, he says, uh, as you say, have a good one. So after uh, almost 300 episodes of using that, I think I used that on the Road of His Overtime podcast as well for uh, another um 300 episodes so for 600 episodes somebody has referenced it in an email it's all it's all been worth it but if we look at the the team sean we have uh, zach wilson etn unfortunately with the injury uh naheem hines dj moore dk metcalf aj brown tyler boyd kyle pitts mac jones uh george kittle then in reserve we have jordan love jared dokes jarek mckinnon james white tevin coleman rashid penny rondell moore elijah moore uh Diami brown and jill and rager he actually has pulled off the more trifecta sean in this one as well with dj Moore, uh rondell and elijah so extra points uh going in for that but obviously the etn news is the tough part of this one um but sean i think even with that and um you know with the latest news um since cam newton has been released mac jones is in a pretty positive position um in new england so you have your two quarterbacks jordan love is unlikely to get much playing time this year but i still think there is um the upside of this team to have an opportunity to compete even with the etn injury yeah this team is startlingly loaded and loaded at wide receiver definitely gives you this big advantage but i mean it's also got george kittle and kyle pitts right it's got the two young qbs both of whom I think we're drafted far too low in Superflex, So he's in great position. I think you can go a variety of ways here. I think that if you have someone willing to make a massive payout for a DK Metcalf, you know, you might go that direction. I think if there is a Tyler Boyd super fan, he was someone who actually was very coveted in the league that Ben and I just did. And so if you can get someone to, to I mean, I say overpay, but really what's overpay for Tyler Boyd? I mean, he's undervalued. So you'd need someone to pay, above his value plus some, you know, which could be a little bit tricky, but you have some potential options there. You can play it out for a couple of weeks and see if Jarek McKinnon uh, gets some run to see if Rashad Penny is involved at all in Seattle. Uh, it's not going the right way in, in terms of his role relative to Alex Collins. But if you have some scoring value there, then maybe you can get across. You can go with James White now that Mac Jones is the QB probably we don't know for sure yet that that's going to develop but there's some reason to believe that it will you can go with Hines, you can go with white you can see kind of what develops you can also take a more aggressive approach in terms of you know being patient through the first year and getting even more value for this next season to draft into these running backs you could trade etn and i mean that part would be frustrating but once a guy and an etn because he stayed for four years now he misses the first year and he's going to already be kind of into that window where running back trade value starts to fall it may be something where a participant in your league will think that they're buying low when really you can get out of it in a way that helps you win now and gets you some draft capital for the 2022 draft so i love etn it's but it's something where i think even if you love the player you have to be willing to make a move to position yourself better for both the present and the future is that the way you would go with the column 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I probably would see what I might be able to get, depending on what people are willing to offer. The other thing that I didn't read out in the question, that he does have an additional 2021 first and a 2021 second. So I think even um, trying to make some moves with that, potentially even the likes of a, a Jalen Rager with the positive news that's coming out with him, maybe packaging that up to see what, what could be got. Or even like you mentioned with a Metcalf, potentially um getting you know players plus picks for him in return but what i would be trying to do is see what i could get for the likes of etn to see if you can backfill that because outside of that running back kind of getting a solid running back in there i think this team has a, a huge amount of potential so um again thanks very much for sending that in looks like a great roster but just yeah but like Danny would say, Sean, you might not have seen this because it's on Twitter, but um, he has a clip that he posts quite regularly that says he loves the wide receivers, but did you think about running back? So uh, it's kind of like to review all the, <laughs> all the rosters. But yeah, that, that's just the one spot there is the the two running backs. Um, but I, I think like you mentioned Penny, I think James White's going to be somebody you can start in there. And I think Hines is probably somebody you can start in with how loaded the rest of the positions are and with Kettle and Pitts. Um, I think you can get away with that um, throughout, throughout the early part of the season. Anyway, uh, next question comes in from Dennis Miles. Um, he said he had to drive um, back and forth to New York uh, a bunch, and he had us uh, keeping him company on the way down. So uh, fully uh, appreciate you listening. And he also says that he has accepted Sean as his Lord and Savior. Uh, so um, <laughs> congratulations, Sean, on that. Um, so in terms of... Uh, this league is a 12-team Superflex league, no tight end premium. So he's heard us talk about the permanent championship window. Um, he took over a not-so-good orphan and uh, has really worked to get this team uh, by wheeling and dealing. However, last year he finished second and came back this year with no draft picks, um, basically a third-rounder and a handful of fourth-rounders uh, and none not a ton in future stock either. Um, how do you like the roster build was the question. Where are the weaknesses and strengths? How can they improve uh, moving forward, uh, especially with a little bit less of draft capital? Uh, he said, my league is very tough to trade because the league views trades as either a no-brainer or they won't do it. Um, and that can be very difficult, I'm sure, for a lot of people in those leagues trying to make trades. And especially um, you know, when we're trying to, to make those deals and People sometimes think that you're only looking for a deal to uh, kind of get the better off them rather than trying to do something for both teams to work. So he said he has no issues taking risks. He has traded Tyreek Hill for the 102 and Sam Darnold because uh, he's so in love with Najee as a prospect. Uh, but I can't massively overpay for these draft picks that are being held hostage. So what's uh, what's your thoughts, Sean, as we look through this roster? We do have quarterback room that did lose a little bit of value um over the last week or so uh, with Taysom Hill now um, being behind um Jameis Winston but we have Tom Brady, Sam Darnold, Taysom Hill, Kyler Murray, Joe Bernard, Derek Dokes, uh, Kenyon Drake, Wayne Gallman, Najee Harris who you mentioned, Derek Henry, Xavier Jones, Jarek McKinnon, Jonathan Taylor, Branton Ayuk, Cole Beasley, Diami Brown, Jameson Crowder, Mike Evans, Travis Fulham, um, Adam Humphrey, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf, Josh Palmer, Hunter Renfro, Robert Woods, Dan Arnold, and then the main tight ends. And with that would be Travis Kelsey and Robert Tonyan. So I think he's pretty set at, at quarterback. I think he's pretty set at tight end. Lots of nice wide receivers mixed in there too. Um, when you look at it, Sean, there's one player in it that I always, if, if I have on rosters that I tend to try and try and move out with, I don't know if you're going to guess 
who that is, but what would be some of the moves you might make with this roster overall? I'm guessing that you would move Derrick Henry. One of the things <laughs> that is so fun about this team is that it has so much variety. And the key thing is it has so much frontline firepower, right? So you have Tom Brady in a super flex. I mean, he's someone who is going to just allow you to hammer your opponents when you're putting him in there behind Kyler Murray. So you're elite at the quarterback position with Harris Henry and Jonathan Taylor. You're elite at the running back position with Evans, Lamb, and Metcalf. You have these really high-end receivers. And then with Travis Kelsey, you have this high-end tight end. So I think that one of the things that you can do is if you're in a league that doesn't trade very much, you can kind of hold these guys and play out the string to an extent and then kind of wait for the time right before the fantasy playoffs, right? Because at that point, the other win now teams are going to be thinking, okay, well, I need to make this big move to get me over the hump. One of the things about actually playing guys like a Henry, like a Kelsey, like a Brady and not trading them in the off season is that, yeah, I mean, you do take the risk that this is the season that they collapse. At the same time, you could play what is probably the last really highly projected season for them, get almost all of the value, and then trade them to a different playoff team. Now, it can be harder to trade them to the playoff team at that point because you're like so close. At the same time, you had the value for them this year as opposed to moving that into a future pick, and you can get the buy which is so important. You just have to win you know, one fewer game. And even if you have the super team, even if you are beating teams by 50 points a game, most of the time, any given week, things can go completely pear-shaped and then, you know, you don't make the finals. And so, you know, you don't win your league. And so you get the buy, then maybe you trade one of these guys to a different playoff team at that time. And everybody's like, you know, what are you doing? You just made your team worse right at the most important time period. And you're thinking, well, I used these guys to get the buy, and now I was able to actually extend my championship window. I mean, you're going to need to get some good pieces back. If you move Henry, you move Travis Kelsey, you move a Tom Brady. But I mean, people are that's when people are going to be willing to pay if this is a league where they don't trade before then. So that's something you might consider. You never know if that's going to work. But I mean, I love this team. If you just have to sit back and win this year, that's not a bad path either. I mean, just, just sitting back and winning is a lot of fun. And Column. in terms of religions, I don't think that there, I mean, there are some religions out there that are worse than the zero RB religion. So just from that perspective, I mean, we're, we're probably okay. Yeah. And I, I do think like if you're, I know we joke about Twitter a lot, but I don't know if it's a religion or a cult, Sean, uh, is what it's uh, thought of over there, but let's just keep having a, a good time and, and winning those fantasy leagues. And, and that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. But thanks to Dennis for sending that one. And as you said, like, I think this team's set up to, to win this year. Um, and, you know, I would have, Derek Henry is the one that I would move. I, I tend to find that you can get value in Derek Henry in a lot of leagues where running backs will be very heavy. And he's obviously coming off a massive season. Um, so I think that could be, could be interesting there if you can move him for a running back and picks, for example. But this team, I think, is set up in a really strong position um, for this season. So best of luck with that one. Final question for today, coming in from Tristan James. It's a redraft roster question um, and, and talking about trade. So he says, loves the show after um, having a dominant team for three straight seasons, uh, but yet that's yet to win the title in his home league. He wanted to shake things up this year with a new approach structurally. Um, so he intended to go zero RB. The draft fell in such a way that he took three running backs through the four, six rounds. And um, 
He still thinks he's draft, draft with structure in mind. He's now wondering if he should just consider trading away one of those backs at the latest 14 teams, half point PPR, start one running back, one receiver, and three flex. His roster is Burrow, Gibson, Diggs, Johnny Smith, uh, Swift, Lockett, Jamar Chase, then the benches, Javante Williams, Leviska Chenault, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Terrence Marshall, Cole Komet. Uh, he said he's thinking of offer, uh, he's thinking of offering Gibson Lockett and Janu for Waller, Ayuk, and Claypool. Uh, would that improve his chances uh, this season? I have already replied to this question via email, but Sean, um, what I said was if he could do that trade to, to go in ahead and get it done as quickly as possible. Uh, would you agree for us to do that on that, that particular trade? I would, yeah. I mean, getting Waller to go in there would be fantastic for this team. It, this one, again, a half PPR, so it maybe isn't as important to be zero RB. Uh, also, the one running back, one wide receiver, three flex. You know, those flexes are a little bit more skewed in the favor of running back with the half PPR. So, again, not as important, but you do have a lot of flexibility if you can get wide receiver stars as opposed to just run of the middle running backs. You know, we want to go that direction. The other thing is that the 14 team uh, is kind of back a little bit in the favor of zero RB. Now, again, the half PPR does make a difference there, but 14 team, it's harder to get these guys who are going to make a difference for you and wide receivers dry up a little bit faster. So in the deep leagues, I like to, again, make sure I get those wide receivers, but he's done a really nice job here. Drafted a lot of guys that we like, and I think the balance that he has with the format that he's playing in should work very well. And, you know, we love the bench, and that's something that's very helpful. I think people can look and you know, get very obsessed with the starting lineup, and, you know, it's not that that never matters. If you have a, you know, 16-deep squad where – you know, the first eight and the back eight are closer than a lot of your opponents. You know, you could go into week one, play the wrong guys. You could go into week two, play the wrong guys. We don't want to make out that you never start 0-2 or something like that. And if you do start 0-2, then, you know, you're playing from behind and, and all of a sudden, you know, everything flips a little bit in terms of enjoying the Sunday morning, in terms of the kind of moves that you have to make. But that kind of deep team and one of the things too, it's just, Fantasy football is a short season, but adding an extra game, I mean, that's a big chunk of extra, right? And so with, with a little bit longer season this year, the deeper teams are going to benefit. And so I like this team that he's put together. I wouldn't try and force it to get more wide receiver firepower, but I would do the deal that he's mentioning. I mean, that, that would be very good for him. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. And the other thing I would mention is obviously this is the other thing that comes up um, a lot of the time when we talk about zero RB is the fact that it's not a case that we're saying that you can't draft running backs. And I think then when we've had our listener league, Sean, there's quite a few of them as we've touched in that we have had to draft running backs based on the opportunities to get guys that we really like at the position. So there is going to be drafts. Don't go in with the opinion that you need to draft no running backs under any circumstances. Um, make sure that you're you know, going in with a, an overall plan for the, the construction and how things would work out. Would you agree that that's probably one of the big misconceptions as well as like you just have to force it no matter what right it just kind of depends on the listener leagues are just so different right i don't know that we want to take too much in the way of conclusions from them but as you mentioned they've been fun we were forced into and we have a team with J josh jacobs miles sanders uh leonard Fournette, mike davis i mean all those guys right because they're like four or five rounds below all the dead zones you know, it's not just that they're discounted by so much, but 
the receivers that we would have to take to take a receiver in that spot instead were just so absurd that, yeah, you, know, you don't want to be taking like the third string wide receiver from a bad passing team instead of a starting running back. I mean, that's, that's where it wouldn't make sense. I mean, the whole point of zero RB is to avoid that exact kind of thing. And so, you know, we don't want to be forced into it if we're in a draft that's incredibly wide receiver heavy. We were fortunate to start wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver in that draft. So we do like our wide receivers as well. But uh, definitely have to continue to work with the draft that you're given. Your picks need to be dynamic. Your thinking about it needs to be dynamic and uh, understanding how it's developing. Make sure you're getting the guys who are in the ranges that you want and have contingencies in place, right? We've all been in these drafts where everybody we want fell to us at every pick. And then Colin, you and I were in a main event the other day where really nothing was going right from the perspective of like our dream scenario, but that, you know, you can't sit back and, and be like, Oh, well, it didn't work out for us. We drafted a bad team. You should never come out of a draft and say, you know, I'm lukewarm on my team. You got to pick the guy you wanted every pick. And so, you know, we still picked people we liked. We had a little bit of debate about, you know, were we too running back heavy, you know, which running back we might've swapped out, but overall we loved our team, even with, our favorite guys not being available to us in those spots. And that's kind of where you have to be. You have to have your board set to where even if things don't fall in a dream sequence that you still have it and you still come out and you're like, yeah, we drafted this team. We're going to win with it. We're exciting to watch these guys on Sunday. It's, it's going to be a fun experience. And that brings us to the end of the Saturday edition of Rotoviz OT. Once again, thank you for tuning in. We do really appreciate the, the support you do give us. Thank you very much. We've done our listener leagues over the last couple of weeks. They've been phenomenal. The last one finished up uh, just this week. But great fun getting to interact with the listeners, having some fun as well. So appreciate that as well. But that is the end of today's show. Before we finish up, we are one week from the season. We're not even a week from the season at this point. We have Thursday night football coming up, but NFL week one, the Sunday action is just over a week away. If you haven't signed up yet for a Rotoviz Pass, now is that perfect time. You can save yourself 10% as well by entering the code RVRADIO2021. It'll be a 10% discount at checkout. If you want more information, you can go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast to get that. Please do drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app again. We continue to grow the audience. I set a target of 120 reviews. I think that was about a week and a half ago. We hit that in pretty short notice. So if you are listening to the show and you haven't dropped a review yet, do give us that. I also appreciate the people who reached out to say that they listen on different devices. It can be quite tricky if you're not using Apple Podcasts to drop those reviews. But uh, if you can uh, do that, if you have two uh, accounts or anything like that, we won't hold a... any high standards like that drop us two reviews the more devices get your family and friends devices drop us a review we do appreciate it as we continue to grow the road of his ot podcast the road of his radio network and so on and so forth but thank you once again for all that support my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host as always is sean siegel check out his great work up on rotoviz.com and of course the stealing bananas podcast and until we're back with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.